experience and it was challenging and so uh i took it jumped in there and did it and when i got through with that job i told my wife i said uh, i believe i'm going to quit and uh if we can't make it i know how to cook sausage sausage and eggs and i'll go to one of these restaurants and hire on and uh, i'll be a short order cook and all tongue in cheek sure but uh i quit and fortunately i haven't uh, had to have any welfare yet i may come have to live with you here for long but uh, that's that's the way it, uh, that's the way it turned out well uh what have you been doing uh, to occupy your time? Because I know I'm, I turned sixty here in a few few days, few weeks. I uh, I have no intention. We were talking about this. I have absolutely no intention of retiring until the day I die. And uh, I wanted to slow things down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but I just uh, I I love what I do. I have a passion to practice law, and uh, it it keeps me very happy. What have you done, and how have you done, or how have you dealt with all of your spare time? I was a very good electrical contractor, but I like to make tables. I like to I like to woodwork, and um, fortunately, I was uh, damn I mean, good at it. I didn't sell it out on the on the main drag at Sears and Roebuck or anywhere, uh, but I sure had fun making it. And uh, somewhere along the way. I thought, I wonder what wood carving is like. And so I got a block of wood and a pocket knife, and that burn, that's kind of fun, but I don't know what the thunder I'm doing here. I could draw, and if I draw a picture and give it to you and tell you that's a tree, don't argue with me. That's the way I see a tree. It may look to you like a big circle, but that's what I think a tree looks like. And so I began to take drawing lessons, and uh, it took me about two years to get the nerve up to get into a group of oil field workers down at Denver City, Texas, who were into wood carving. And uh, they they took me in, and um, I began to learn how to be a good, good wood carver. And after about 40 years, I uh, still have all my fingers. and I've got You've some, cut them a couple of times. Uh, yes, sure have. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. And uh, I did take those drawing lessons, learned to draw. And uh, so my hobby of wood carving has occupied my life tremendously. Yeah. And then having mm-hmm. a shop where I could build things, I still go back there where that workbench is, and I still tinker with something. And my wife thinks I'm an idiot, but uh, sure have fun getting in my man cave back there. And where we used to repair electric motors, I build little gadgets and things. So I, I stay busy. I stay busy. I, in fact, I have told her, uh, I think I'll go back and get a job somewhere. That way, I'll know what I'm going to do every day from nine to five or eight to eight to five. And uh, this way, I'm going along, and the fence is leaning. I need to straighten up the fence a little bit, or the commode won't quite shut off. So I got to adjust that. Uh, things need to be done. Darn it! I'm going to get me a job where I got one thing to do and stay with it. Uh, tongue in cheek right so uh but i've you'll find that you're if you quit you'll find that you're going to be busy real quick yeah uh so you you don't sit around uh just wasting time or watching tv that's correct you you keep busy that's correct i still get up uh at about four o'clock every morning which i did back when i was in business and i made sure every morning 
that I beat all of those electricians to work. I didn't want them to be coming in, me not being there, and they get the idea that I wasn't running things, uh, wasn't alert as to how the business is going. Plus, I would have all of our work crews pretty well uh, figured out before I got there that morning who's going to go where. And generally, you'd have some men working on job A. Uh, they stayed with job A till it was finished. And some men on job B, they were with job B. So I had all those things to keep track. But at the same time, some material came in yesterday for job A. I've got to make sure it gets loaded onto their trucks so that when they go to, to the job A, they would have the proper material to continue their job. And then, again, sometimes it would. We would have uh, helpers who would put it on a truck, but somebody had to know to disperse that material and uh, make sure we got it bought. And then, uh, unfortunately, I had the job to be sure it was paid for. So uh, <laughs> that was that, that was part of it. That yeah. was part of the business. It had to be. I was not a multi-million dollar corporation. I was a good, high uh small business sure i was in the upper edge of a small business uh if i had jumped over the fence so to speak i would have been a very small big contractor yeah i wanted to stay where i was and it was it managed to put three kids through college and uh fortunately that was all paid for so uh, it it just worked that way yeah what uh let's 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 look at a little different angle here <clears throat> you've had a lot of fun over over your life i know you, you had a good group of solid friends you bet and uh t- tell me just some of your memories of some of your better friends and maybe some of the things you you did that still held a place in your heart well we uh we did a lot of uh uh, uh our share of after hours beer drinking before we went home and uh, not enough beer drinking to keep us from driving home or any, but a couple of beers and uh we would uh into wood carving, I got into a big group of guys that uh, were organized to the point that we have some wood carving clubs. And uh, uh, as we got together, look, my carving's a lot better than yours. Or what you did right there, you need to change it and make it look this way. No, no. He said, you're wrong. My, mine looks better than yours. And a lot of camaraderie right there. But at the same time, we were learning from each other and picking up different ideas from each other. Uh, we had a lot of good good associations. Uh, I remember one of my uh, memories of a, as a kid growing up was always going to uh, New Mexico, Redosa. And we'd vacation up there and uh, uh, do some different things, but we'd always go up there. I guess Lucille had bought, after your dad died, she bought uh, some, some yeah. land yeah. In, a, yeah. in a little trailer up there. Yeah. And uh, you ultimately uh, were always talking about white oaks. And uh, uh, got me into the history of White Oaks and Billy the Kid and stuff. But okay. won't you won't you tell us about how you got turned on to White Oaks? Well, that was that came on nearly as a shock. I went to mass one morning, uh, Episcopal Church, and uh, I was uh, the priest and I spoke together each other, and you know, I remember his congregation, blah blah blah. And before. The service got started that morning. He came down the aisle, and I happened to be sitting next to the aisle. And he whispered in my ear, said, I'd like to see you after church. Uh-oh. I looked at my wife, and she looked at me and with as much surprise as I had. I wonder what this is about. 
And so after church, I uh, went back, you know, made him, waited. He asked me, would I like to go to White Oaks, New Mexico with he and uh, two or three more there in the church, which we were all very good friends, but I didn't know anything about them going to White Oaks. And I said, well, sure, I'll go. He said, well, we're going to leave whatever day it was, Saturday or Thursday or whatever it was. And uh, that started a long uh, friendship that lasted many years. And these two or three guys had gone to White Oaks. In case you're not familiar with it, it's an old mining town, deserted. Very romantic place to be if you like to get out in the middle of the night and look at the stars. We always laughed that they could drop a pin in L.A., California, and we could hear that pin drop in White Oaks, New Mexico. It was so nice and quiet. But uh, we went up there, and they had bought an old adobe home that was very dilapidated. And uh, I got pulled into the circle of the guys being in the construction business. They were in the construction business also. And uh, we spent many, many hours in White Oaks, New Mexico, rebuilding this old adobe place and uh fortunately they needed some electricity run in there and so that was wait a minute i know how to do that let me help you guys do that so that's how it came and uh i promise you uh this is golly 45 50 years a long time ago you could stand out in the middle of that main street which was the main drag of white oaks at one time and if you'd listened, you could hear Billy the Kid riding through the mountains up there somewhere. I mean, it was a fascinating, romantic uh, thing. Now, the men went to White Oaks. I don't know, but maybe one or two wives had ever went to White Oaks. The uh, outside privy was up the hill and around the corner or something there, and uh, that wasn't the way these wives wanted to spend four or five days or at a time or something like that. So uh, we would go up and uh, it was a boondoggle. Y'all were working, but you had a great time. And <laughs> we had this we had this situation where uh, I'll just give this as a figure. Before we go, everybody puts fifty dollars in the pot, and that's our grocery money. Mainly, that was our grocery money. We would stop in Carrizosa, New Mexico, and we had steaks about three times a day in White Oaks and we never ran out of cold beer and we had plenty of building materials uh, we all brought our tools and uh, we had a ball had a lot of, of nickel limit poker games at night uh, just had a, had a good camaraderie yeah. deal that we uh, those of us that are still living are still in love with each other we just had a good good group of guys a good group of guys and our priest uh, kept us in line. Uh, and if you've never had communion in a place like White Oaks, New Mexico, uh, God's there. Yeah. Well, and, I, uh, I I know uh, I grew up hearing about White Oaks, and after I graduated from high school, I, you know, I got that truck, and, and yeah. that was my first time for really spending time in White Oaks, and okay. I immediately fell in love with the place. Oh, it's, it's just a, a it's a neat it's a hoop. One of the best times I think I've ever had. Uh, with you was when you, me, and Todd went up to White Oaks, and we we sat in that uh, No Scum Allowed saloon yeah. there in White Oaks. And uh, I think there's 
uh, when they have Saturday night there, that's probably the most uh, populated place within 30 miles. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's nobody that lives in White Oaks, and, hardly. And anymore. there's no rowdiness, no baldiness. Uh, uh, if you want to go up there and have trouble, you better have some big knuckles because uh, you're not going to last very long no. causing trouble. No. Uh, and, and the uh, – turnout that night might be 25 or 30 people because that's about all it holds right uh that kind of thing but yeah. Uh, yeah it's a nice place to have fun and to think that 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 building it might have been there during the time of pat garrett billy the kid it's mm-hmm. quite a romantic place to speculate on uh all those kinds well, of things. Well, it is. And, you know, if you read that part of that book by, and it's no relation to us, but it's yeah. written by a gentleman named Parker. Exactly. And it tells the history and story of White Oaks. Yeah. And what was really interesting to me is that in the late 1800s, uh, during the Billy the Kid, Pat Garrett days, White Oaks was quite the metropolitan area. Oh, yeah. I yes. mean, it was it was yeah. the cat's meow. They had a, a, a theater there. Yeah. Uh, they had performers. They, they had the town, I think, got up to – a little over two or three thousand people. Uh, yeah, something like and, that. And uh, uh-huh. you know, it was a real mining community. There exactly. The- uh, this Mister Parker was a uh, mine assayer, or, or whatever you call it. That uh, he he'll take the the gold that you bring in, and he'll run an assay test on. I believe that's the correct word, and determine if it's uh, two dollar gold or if it's forty dollar gold. Right. And that was his occupation in White Oaks for many many years, and. Uh, he, uh, I would like to have said, yeah, Mr. Parker's one of our Parkers, or I'm one of their Parkers, but it's no no relationship at all. But he wrote a very interesting book about White Oaks, and uh, they had some mining ac- accidents that cost some lives, and uh, a very interesting book. Yeah, very- I think I told you that they had that bicycle. Well, you know, the bicycles with the big front tire and yes. the small back ones. Yeah. And he was talking about how they had gone to Denver, and uh, bought that bicycle and brought it back down to White Oaks. And he he mentioned in the book that the last time he saw it, it was at some general store in uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. And so I got in my truck, and we went looking for this bicycle, found out that this general store had burned down several years earlier. And uh, but the bicycle didn't burn, and it was we found it somewhere else in a little museum. And uh, I knew we'll forget. I asked the lady, the curator of the museum. I said, "Is that the Parker's bicycle right there?" And she looked at me like, "How in the world did you know that?" Yeah. Did you tell her you was a Parker? <laughs> I told her I was a Parker, I, but not the not the right group. But but that was a that was a lot of fun to to learn about yeah. that stuff from you and uh, know your history of going up in there i recall on that bicycle you took me back or we you and i and todd were always going through there and you took me one day and said hey dad you want to see that bicycle of mr parker's it was mr parker's son i believe that's right that had the bicycle you you want to see that bicycle well yeah sure you go ahead and show it to me you took me down the street into that or look through the window and there it was yeah oh my heart jumped golly So, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun. Well, Red Osa, those are some, like I said, some of my best memories are being up there in Red Osa with, with you take us kids up there. And, uh, New Mexico's a neat place. It is. It is. It's, uh, it, it really it, is. And uh, driving up to the uh, uh, ski slope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I guess they call it Ski Apache now, but it used to be something else way back. But uh, the end of the Mountain Gods and, and uh, what is that little Alpine restaurant? Remember the time that uh, we were – Eating dinner there, and we were really 
little kids, and yeah. a lady comes up and says, do you want super salad? And you thought she said super salad, and you said, well, tell me more about this super salad. <laughs> well, it was, I, I think the way it went, it was soup or, or salad. salad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, you embarrass me now just, uh, calling up some of my oh, problems. I, I just remember that was a, yeah, that was a that funny was... deal. And you mentioned church. Um, that was St. Christopher's yeah. uh, Episcopal Church there in Lubbock. And, uh, you know, the, we all went to private school. I went to St. Christopher's from kindergarten until y'all divorced, which I was in the fifth grade. We had just completed the fifth grade. Did you not continue, uh, finish the sixth? No. Okay. No, we I, moved. I had lost track. I didn't remember. Okay. What? How did uh, you and Mom make the decision to send us to private school? Uh, it was there. And uh, we fortunately could afford it. It was an Episcopal school. We had joined the Episcopal Church and were very involved in it. Right. And uh, we discussed it, and uh, it's going to take some doing, but let's see if we can get our kids into it and pay pay our respective dues or, or tuition. And uh, we did, you did, and we all enjoyed it. We all, I think all of you uh, accomplished what you should accomplish in, during the grades there. Uh, yeah, it was a great. It was a great experience. Yeah, it, yeah, it really yeah, was. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed it a whole whole lot. What is the the fondest memory you have about your life? Uh, I mean, was there a period of time that stands out as maybe a little more sentimental for you than other uh, periods? Or the birth of you, your brother, and your sister was the most fabulous things I ever saw in my life. Yeah, and the fact that it snowed in El Paso. The night you were born, I got up that next morning and looked out, and good night, it snowed. It didn't just come a dusting of snow. It snowed, and uh, I remember that, and and, uh, so that was a big thing. Uh, The fact that I managed to graduate from college and was possibly in in line to maybe at least apply for to get into veterinary school, which was not going to be an easy thing to do with uh, my grades were not the best. They were above average, but they, there a lot of them were, were higher than me. Yeah. And so I had that possibility. And then I, uh, well, graduated from high school too, lucky enough there. Uh, well, you told me, uh, we were visiting last night and you, you mentioned that uh, one of your favorite times in life was when you lived in Clint, that that was oh, really yeah. something that you, you truly, truly enjoyed. Yeah. And, it was a difficult decision to, to come back to Lubbock. Yeah. I made some friendships down there that uh, lasted many years after I moved away from there. I would go back. and uh, The gentleman who was my boss uh, taught me more about becoming a man than anybody, a, a, as much as some other people in my life. But, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And then living on the border at that time, was a very big experience. Uh, How so? Uh, the lifestyle down there with the Anglos and the Spanish living together, uh, the Bracero program was really into high gear at that time. And uh, I was into very deeply looking after a cattle herd, looking after cattle. And uh, it was a big experience. Big. We had to... Uh, learn Spanish, uh, I could say uh, good morning, 
uh, when is this? I mean, you know, it's okay. That's about all I knew. I could count, and I knew the days of the week, and, uh, you know, I could tell time and things. And I got to where I could uh, communicate agriculturally. Cowboy. Cowboy. And if I went to town to buy a pair of socks, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't buy it in Spanish. I had to do that in English. So I did learn a lot of uh, functions down there that I would never have learned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the border is different down yeah. there. Uh, and now it's much different from what it oh, was yeah. then. Uh, well, you know, even even my time, I had no qualms whatever going across the border into waters yeah. and uh, – uh, dinner drinks come back just freely go back and forth all the time yeah, yeah. and uh unfortunately i wouldn't i wouldn't do that anymore yeah I me mean, it's, 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 it's just different, different and thing. and there were certain protocols uh, even back then that the old timers down there advised your mother and i uh don't don't do this you don't do that uh, but go down there and do this and do that because you'll really enjoy it yeah so it was a mixture of Two different cultures. Two different cultures, exactly. And, exactly. That, and uh, what a what a wonderful opportunity to to have that experience. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, that's yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. something that, that uh, you, you just don't get otherwise. Exactly. Just don't get. So you you've been you got remarried after yeah. Yeah. Uh, the divorce, and you've been now married to Benita for how many years? Forty six or forty seven. Don't tell her I didn't know exactly. Well, but don't it's, worry, it's, she'll hear this. And know. <laughs> <laughs> it's upward. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. approaching fifty. Been very nice. Uh, we had our ups and downs, but it's, sure. it's been good. It's yeah. been good. And uh, her daughter is in our group. Or we're all together, and we have Benita and I have four children. Yep. And those four children have about a dozen. I lose track. However many we got, and then their grand their kids are coming on and having kids. So it's a uh, expanding like all other families are in the, yeah. in the world. Yeah. You uh, uh, were born and raised in Lubbock. That's correct. And uh, I guess you're you're the last of the Parkers in Lubbock, aren't you? It, it doesn't seem possible. I have one cousin who is 10 years older than I am. Van. Uh, yes. Van White. And uh, that's, that's going to be – now, he's got kids. I have children. Uh, that's what's what's up. But the direct line of the Parkers in Lubbock, uh, because Van's children are, I mean, they're they're older than me. Yes, uh, yes. But yep. and they have moved away from Lubbock. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, everybody you know. goes gets off on a different career. Seems right, like. right. Yeah. Well, I've always joked that Lubbock's a good place to be from. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. And it's always it was always it was a good place for me to come back to. Right. But I had a inside shot to uh, for what dad proposed to me and so uh, I took it and I was very lucky uh to have that opportunity. So he had trained me well, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> may not have liked it when I was a kid, but it turned out quite well. Yeah. Did you have a good relationship with your dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he had his way, and he thought that some of the things I was going to do uh, wasn't going to work. But he said he would keep his name in the business. And I remember one time he came in, and uh, he said, well, or he came by that, that day, that morning, and said, what are you going to do? What you got lined up today? And I said, oh, blah, 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 blah. And, I, and old... Uh, won't call his name. Charlie called up me. Want some work done? I'm gonna go do it. He's uh-uh. He said, "No, we're not going. You're not going to work for Charlie." I said, "Wait a minute. 
I'm running this. I mean, I'm, yeah, he's got some work to get done. Oh, no, he said he and I split up a long time ago. Well, myself and he have not split up. <laughs> so that was one of our little disagreements. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was he was a good dad, good guy, yeah. and uh, that, that kind of thing. Well, uh, one of my fond memories, of course, I, he passed. I was only in the second grade, I think. So I, I remember him but i don't remember much about him yeah, I, I remember yeah. the figure of, of of doug but i don't remember much uh, uh about him uh but i certainly remember lucille and uh, a lot about lucille yeah. uh, uh your mom and the thing that i enjoyed the most growing up was she would cook these magnificent lunches and we'd be coming over there during the summer and of course we were working just like you said to, uh, working all day, and we would get off at noon, run over to her house, drink a big old pitcher of iced tea, and she'd have fried chicken or a potato salad or, or just the whole thing. And we would eat so much we couldn't move. And we'd all go in there and lay down on the floor and take a 15-minute nap before getting back in the truck and getting back to work. She was a ranch girl, and she was a cowgirl. And working and, and, and feeding a bunch of cowboys was right down her alley. Yeah. And uh, her 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 family, she being the oldest, she helped raise some of those sisters and brothers. Right. And though they were cowboying back then, I mean, they lived on a ranch. They they, they were cowboying, so she knew how to cook for a big group. And she really enjoyed her grandson and her son, me, and uh, you know one or two more. And having lunch with her. That was she was alone. Yeah. I mean she wasn't despondent about being alone. She was very active, but that big cooking up that big meal, that was a, a thrill for her. Was, I uh, <clears throat> remember some stories. Uh uh her sisters were a little bit wilder than she was, I think. They were. And yes. uh, uh she was kind of the mother figure for just kind of your point being, I guess she kind of raised everybody, but uh I, I remember getting the impression that her sisters were, were a wild bunch, and they had some really good times. They had some fun times that were not necessarily the things that mother would have done. Right. But they were all interrelated and interconnected and had no secrets. You couldn't have a secret between uh, six or seven brothers and sisters. I mean, it was so, – but they all survived. And Well, I remember uh, growing up and, and uh, going to their house. I mean, uh, uh, I remember uh, going to uh, – Mel and Lita's house that were just down the street from from my from uh, Nancy's uh, mom's uh, uh, yeah. uh, mom and dad, and I remember going out to Tanny's farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember uh, 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 Zet. Yeah, yeah. She would come out. I don't know where she lived, but I always remember that she would show up wherever we were. There you go. Yeah, and, her uh, husband had an advertising agency in Lubbock. Okay, a very very big one, and uh, was very successful in his endeavor. And then I remember, um, oh, what was Leo? Was he yeah. the big? Was he the big yeah. guy? Yeah, Leo yeah. Strickle. Yeah, yeah. And then his brother was Shorty, and yeah. he was yeah. a little smaller. He about my size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I just uh, I, I, those were some great times. I remember. I didn't see the 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 men as much as I did the the women. Well, yeah, that the they weren't as were round. Yeah. yeah, they weren't as round as much when yeah. I was growing up. I have a picture of Leo. Uh, somebody. Took it well when he lived out the ranch, but he's coming in from running cattle that afternoon, and he's coming into the corral up into the area wherever he was going to unsaddle, and he's coming in on that horse. And they took his picture, 
and I have that picture in my wood carving room. Uh, it's my uncle Leo. There he is coming in on that horse. I mean, coming in for yeah. a day's work. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Well, and then um, uh, of course, Mary and Annie I got to know really, really well uh, mm-hmm. through the years. Doug's sisters. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I lived next door to both of them. Yes. Or no, not no, Mary, but to no, Annie. To Annie. To, to Annie yeah. lived right across the driveway from me uh, for, for a number of years, and uh, that was that was sweet. Then Mary had, I guess, her husband polished rocks as a hobby. Yeah, he did. Yes, after he retired. And yeah. uh, uh, we'd always get those polished rocks. We'd go over to Mary's house, and, and he would lay those out. But he died young, too. Yes, he did. He went on a fishing trip down in Guaymas, Mexico, and uh, tried to pass a kidney stone. And uh, they didn't have any doctors down there that knew exactly what to do, and he didn't make it. Is that right? Yeah. I did not realize that yeah. that's what happened. He was very sick and uh, lasted about two or three days and was gone. Mm-hmm. They had him in a hospital, but uh, they couldn't Nothing to couldn't do. do anything yeah. for him. One of the things I remember about them is they had that Airstream trailer yeah, yeah. parked in the driveway yeah. all the time. and. Uh, uh, we, we, we'd play in it. We get to go in it every now and then uh-huh. and, and take a look. And I just thought that was the cat's meow of that that's Airstream trailer. They took it to down to Wyoming on that trip and went fishing. They were fishing. Was Mary with him when yeah, all this uh-huh. happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that right? She uh, was just a big shock to the family. Right. He got sick and bam, he was in trouble right, right. quick. Well, then Annie's uh, uh, husband passed early as well. He died Christmas Day, I think 1941. They lived at Clyde, Texas. And I believe that's when it was. I don't remember it was Christmas Day, had a heart attack. And I believe it was 1941. Uh, 1940 or 41. Uh, yeah. I remember the day. I, gosh, I couldn't have been six, six years old, maybe. Right. Uh, but I remember the day it. They come got my dad, had a telephone call, and then he came back and had some bad news. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's remember that. Interesting. And they none of them. Uh, Lucille never remarried. I mean, she. That's correct. She lived another what thirty five years oh, after yeah. Doug passed. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> she was a cutthroat bridge player. I was going to bring that up. And she played for blood. Now we, I played in a few games with her, and she didn't cutthroat me. But uh, she, she was in a bridge group. They were tough little ladies, and uh, they were they played seriously. Uh, and they play often. Oh yes, yeah, very definitely. I remember yeah. the times we didn't go have lunch is because she was in the bridge club <laughs> yeah. doing yeah. something with yeah. the bridge crew. And uh, uh, I remember. One time I thought, I need to learn how to play bridge. Yeah. And so I took some lessons on how to play. I never I never could learn. I don't know why, but I could not learn and get that. The nick. I, That's a difficult game. Well, yeah. Well, I often thought that uh, bridge playing between your mother and myself and the group is what caused our divorce. Because uh, <laughs> I was a dummy. And I would bid and make it. And that would make your mother so mad. That when we left that bridge party that night, she'd let me down. You don't bid on a blah, blah, blah. You bid it this way. Well, I bid it and made it. Yeah, but that wasn't the right way to do it. Uh, 
So she was a very good bridge player, and I was just long for the having right. fun, looking for the chocolate pie we was going to have here in a little while with the, <laughs> as the entertainment. So, well, what else you want to talk about? Is there anything in particular on your mind? Oh, uh, we've we've covered it. I uh, I've had fun. I uh, had a uh, coach on a judging team in Tech, and a very dear friend in Lubbock who was a in the gasoline operation business. And my old boss down at Clint, Texas, were probably and dad, were probably the most four most influential people in my life, clear to up to today. And I loved them all. And uh, to have been associated with those four people in my life, uh, I think they cared for me. Uh, I certainly did care for them. Yeah. Uh, it was, and they the professor from Tech. Uh, kept me straight in tech. I was not the bright. I know. I was. I would. I call myself intelligent, but I didn't make very good grades because I didn't apply <laughs> myself until the end of my sophomore year, and I realized I was not going to make the next two years if I didn't get myself in gear and learn some of that chemistry that I was bucking very definitely because the. To get the degree that I wanted, I had to know how to make cattle rations, and I uh, had to know chemistry. And uh, so, well, see, uh, that's why I'm a lawyer because I, I couldn't stand chemistry. <laughs> well, I couldn't either, and <laughs> nearly lost my ca- my college uh, affiliation with that. But I, I, uh, after a few stern talks with some proper people at Tech, I made the turnaround and got myself straightened out and learned how to. I started Tech. I did not know how to study. I did not know how to take notes. My high school training, I love those folks and still do, but I, I was not prepared for college. And it took me, a, a, it took my entire freshman year to learn how this operates, how this, how this works. Yeah. And uh, what to listen for in a conversation. Uh, this guy was talking about this thing of this uh, skeletal frame of a horse. And uh, you need to know this and this. And uh, all I was thinking about was putting a saddle on that horse and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that wasn't exactly what he was trying to teach us. Uh, so I had to learn. Well, you alluded to uh, Joe Larimore. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I presume that's who you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, how did you meet Joe? Uh, he and my mother and dad were acquainted with each other in their early years. Uh, in fact, he, uh, I think probably he dated mother maybe before mother and dad, uh, but they were all buddies and, uh, uh, Joe was a good guy. Uh, he had a daughter, had two daughters, but one of them was my age. Uh, we all knew each other and, uh, I did some things with him when he, he was a bachelor, oh, not a bachelor. He was divorced and, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and because it, he knew mother and dad, and yeah, uh, so that, that's how that came down. So you you knew him almost your entire life. Oh yes, oh, until yeah. he passed yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I, he, did, I didn't. I guess I never knew that connection. He had a very well. I guess I can tell this. He had a very uh, bad motorcycle accident. He right. was a wild kid, and uh, he went by my grandmother's house, where there were always kids hanging around. And he wanted mother to go with him on that motorcycle. 
and uh, I think I think mother may have made the decision herself not to go, or my granddad said no. And then that afternoon, he was in a motorcycle wreck, and the the other another driver in a motorcycle got killed, and Joe lost his leg that day. And uh, that was before penicillin was readily available, and he got gangrene, and eventually uh, lost that leg. And uh, so they had kind of a tie there of that, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was he was a good guy. He, I'd make a mistake now and then, and he'd call me Pinhead. He said, now listen, Pinhead, you've got to get this straight. That was talking about a guy at the dunce sitting in the corner. Right. And with a dunce cap on, it went up to a pinpoint. Well, he said, Pinhead, okay. okay." So my life was fun. Well, uh, I remember meeting him on several occasions, and uh, the thing that I recall the most was that he lived in that house right next to his service station. Yeah. Uh And he would always listen to baseball. Oh, yes. There's always a baseball game on, and uh, maybe two. <laughs> he would have a baseball game on his TV and a radio sitting over here to the side with another game going, a different game. And yeah. he'd be listening to both of both them. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was into baseball, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, this uh, has been a lot of fun. There's a lot of stories that we probably didn't get to, or I know yeah, that we didn't get yeah, to, yeah. but uh, some of them we won't get to. Well, not not <laughs> not to have recorded, <laughs> yeah, but uh, exactly. Uh, anything you want to tell your grandkids or Don and Todd, or no, leave us with something. Life's fun. Uh, continue to try to do the best. Uh, there's going to be some hard knocks along the way, and and a lot of things that uh, you're going to be dealing with situations that are kind of hard to accept i mean wait a minute that's not the best way to be doing this but is it has succeeded for someone else so it can work if you just want to learn to do it their way or get out there and do it your way see how it tries see how it comes along yeah. do it do it uh, but uh, work work at it don't don't slide yeah and obey the rules and uh life will be good yeah well, it has been, yeah. and uh, it, it's been a, a really, really good. I think you instilled in all of us a a, a good work ethic, uh, a great attitude about life. You know, that's that's really the trick, isn't it? Exactly. If you, exactly. If, you if you have the right attitude, you can you can do anything. You can make mistakes, but don't let her sit around and whine about it. Yeah. Uh, profit from your mistakes. We all learn, either success or mistakes. We learn something from both. Yeah. And so. Uh, Learn from your mistakes and try not to make that same mistake again. <laughs> try uh, not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, Dad, this has been fun. Thank you so much. I've been well, looking forward to doing this for weeks. It's and, a new uh, experience for me. It's it's, it's uh, a lot of fun, and I, I love you, man. You've been well, great. I love you, and I'm proud of you, and uh, I hope this information will be shared by some people that can use it. Well, uh, it will be. It, no uh, question about it. Think positive, and it'll turn out positive. Absolutely. Thank All you. All right. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Brad Parker, the attorney you want but hope you never need, and thanks for listening to another edition of Bark Talk, the musings of attorneys, entrepreneurs, and other interesting people. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at parkerlawfirm.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast outlet. See you next time.